I'm going to preach out of 2 Kings chapter 19 this morning, and uh, we'll look at the context throughout the message today. Uh, for, this, for the sake of time this morning, I, I, just, I want us to kick off with just verse number 19. Okay, verse number 19. 2 Kings 19, verse 19. If you're in the habit of underlining your Bible, I'd like for you to underline this particular verse so that it gets your attention every time you're reading through your Bible and you find it. Would you read with me, please? Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. I felt like I was reading that by myself. I'm on a microphone, so you have to read a little bit louder, okay? Let's read verse 19 again. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, Save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. We've had great themes as a part of this ministry. Hope is found. Hope is here. Hope has always been a very important part of Somerville Baptist Church. Only God has always been a rallying theme of Somerville Baptist Church. There was a time where I was seeking the Lord and I was just praying. I said, God, would you give me something that would define my ministry, define our church in which we serve? And I was just reading 2 Kings chapter number 19. And the Lord directed me to this passage. And it's just, you know how you're reading your Bible sometimes and it's just like, it's like the words are flashing. Or they're just, they just become bold and they stand out to you. And it's in this verse where Hezekiah is praying. And he says that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God. And I began to study that phrase, and I found it throughout the Bible. As you walk through the hallways, you'll see many verses where that phrase stands out. And for the next several services, I'm going to be preaching concerning this particular thought. And the title of my message this morning is, That All May Know. And my points of my message, you see them on the boards behind me. God cares, God hears, God's power, and God delivers. So I pray this morning that God will get our attention. And God will stir our hearts today. And may the burden that's on my heart, my life, be translated. That that will be our focus. Father, I pray that you'll bless your word as it's delivered this morning. God, I've been... I've been wanting to preach this for some time, and you've finally led us here. And I pray that you would just direct our hearts. God, I pray that you would, I, I know that you, what you're doing in my life, but Lord, being able to translate that unto others and in a way that is um, 
Lord, that the way that it's easily received is so important. And so I'm praying that you'd help me this morning to preach your word. And God, that it is something that speaks to us and inspires us and moves us. Lord, we want to be drawn toward you. And I pray, Father, for your perfect will to be done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The book of Kings is a narrative of the history of Israel. It begins with the conclusion of David's life and how his kingdom was passed on to his son Solomon. And as the Lord promised David, Solomon's reign was blessed with many years of peace and prosperity. And in those early years, he was humble and he knew his dependency upon God. He started out very well with the responsibility of leading so great a people. He asked the Lord for wisdom so that he might lead well and the Lord gladly provided his request. But after years of success, Satan knew Solomon's weakness just as he knows our weakness. For Solomon, it was a love for women that turned his heart from God toward other gods. But don't let us be fooled into thinking this morning that just because our weaknesses are not so publicly scandalous that you and I are not prone to wander from the God that we love. Our private sins are just as dangerous, if not more so, than the sin that everyone else is aware of. And Because we do not take it seriously or we foolishly think that we have it under control, I fear that this time next year that there will be some who sit in our church who allow their lives to be turned upside down and in a year or two will no longer be recognizable from the Christians that we once knew as fired up, passionate, soul-winning believers. I've been praying fervently for our teenagers and for our young adults because they are at a stage in life where they are trying to discover the will of God. And I pray that they're not found chasing after something that leads them away from the Lord and His will for their life. Even worse, I fear we come to church week after week with our hearts as cold as stone, lacking a tenderness that knows the gentle touch of God. Satan and the powers of hell seek to destroy all that is right and honorable to God. And if given the liberty, we'll leave a path of destruction that will monumentally devastate more than just our individual lives. Because it is not just you and me that he is after. As we learn from Solomon, Satan does not care what our name is. He does not care who our daddy is. He does not care what position we hold. 
And he will gladly use the weakness of our flesh to have his way with all of us. Ultimately, Solomon's divided heart led to a divided home and then to a divided kingdom. And we learn from Solomon's life that we can have all the knowledge and wisdom we can attain. We can have the beautiful family, the nice house, the nice car, friends, the social media life that leaves everyone wishing they had our life. But if we allow our hearts to be turned from God, we will quickly find ourselves on the verge of losing everything. As their name reveals, the book of 1 and 2 Kings delivers the account of Israel's division between the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. As we come to 2 Kings chapter 17, Sennacherib and the Assyrian Empire had a strong grasp upon the known world. Under the reign of Hosea, the kingdom of Israel became no more as they were carried away as captives out of their own land. And such history reminds us of a very important principle. Whenever you and I see a brother go down at the hands of the enemy, remember that it is only a matter of time before that enemy comes uninvited to our own door. If he can get them, I can assure you that he is very capable of getting us. When the kingdom of Israel fell, Hezekiah was in the sixth year of his reign as the king of Judah. Eight years later, Sennacherib sought to invade the, the kingdom of Judah as well. And in chapter 18 and verse 13, we read that the fenced cities of Judah were overtaken. And out of fear, Hezekiah did what many of us naturally do when we are scared. And that is we bargain our way out of trouble. We look for a way to negotiate. We look for a way to get out of it with as little bit of damage as we possibly can. So Hezekiah asked what it would take for the Assyrians to leave them alone. The Assyrians responded with a price of 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. And out of, Hez, out of des desperation, Hezekiah was willing to bargain for peace and he gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord. And the Bible says that he even cut off the gold from the temple doors. But there is a lesson to be learned when attempting to negotiate with someone who wants what we have. And that is, they will be happy to take what we offer, but they will not be satisfied until they have it all. We can negotiate with our flesh, but I promise you our flesh will always want more. No alcoholic ever dreamed of becoming an alcoholic. Somewhere along the way, they decided to take one. And there was a temptation in their flesh that they wanted more. No man ever got into pornography expecting that it would become an addiction. 
but one little look that no one would know about suddenly overtakes their life. You cannot negotiate with your flesh. And you cannot negotiate with the world. And you cannot negotiate with the devil. Negotiate with hell. And it will be not satis- it will not be satisfied with having you simply commit sin. It wants to destroy everything about you. It will come after your spouse. It will come after your kids. It will come after your grandkids. It will come after your health. It will come and it will keep coming and it will not stop. We read in the remainder of chapter 18 that Sennacherib sent a host of men along with his messenger Rabshakeh. He sought to convince Hezekiah and all of Judah to surrender. But Judah would not surrender. And disappointed, Sennacherib's messenger returned to the king of Assyria in chapter 19 and verse number 8. Not to be denied, however, Sennacherib became more determined to destroy Hezekiah and all that dwelled in Jerusalem. And so he sent him a message, and I want us to begin reading in verse number 10. He says, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah, saying, Let not thy God in whom thou trustest deceive thee, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Behold, thou hast heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all lands by destroying them utterly, and shalt thou be delivered? Have the gods of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed, as Gozan and Haran and Rezef and the children of Eden which were in Thelazar? Where is the king of Hamath and the king of Arpad and the king of the city of Surveyphim, of Hena? And Iva. The message was delivered to cause Hezekiah and the children of Israel to doubt the power of their God. It was sent in order to discourage them, to bring fear in their life, to get them to think that God could not protect them, that God could not deliver them. And he offered up example after example of other nations that they had invaded, other nations who proclaimed their God would deliver them, and none of them were capable. And he's saying, did you see what we did to them? Did you see what we did to that country? Did you see what we did with that family? Did you see what we did with that person? You know what that's like. You and I both know what it's like for those thoughts to get in our mind and in our heart, those discouraging thoughts that says God doesn't care about you, God doesn't love you, God's not capable of delivering you. Look at this person over here and look at that person over there. They once loved God and they once believed in God and trusted in God and now they're living for the world. Now they're fallen You've seen that. 
It's a message that gets inside of us and it's meant to discourage us so that we just simply lay down arms and give up. You know what I'm talking about. Hezekiah was in trouble and he was in desperate need of God. He was also aware that his family was in trouble and needed help from the Lord. He knew that his community, his country that he loved, the people that he served, they were all in trouble, just as ours is. All of them shared the same enemy who was seeking their destruction and had no intention of letting up. So what did Hezekiah do? After reading it, he took the letter up to the house of the Lord in verse 14. He spread it before the Lord and he began to pray. Let's, let's read the context of this. Let's read verse 14 down again to verse number 18. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it and Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and See and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations in their lands, cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, I beg thee, save us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. When we are in deep and when we think there is little hope of ever surviving what is coming after us, when those thoughts of discouragement, when those letters come to us, I want us to remember these four things that Hezekiah's experience teaches us in this moment. And the number one thing is this, God cares. Can you say that with me? God cares. Hezekiah didn't know what else to do. Because the truth is, as he admitted to the Lord... The letter was right. Sennacherib, the enemy, had destroyed all the other nations. He was powerful. And as powerful as the army of Israel was, they were no match for that army. He, he says, God, they're right. He's not lying. He is more powerful than us. He is bigger than us. And he has swept the path of destruction. And we have seen it. And now he is at our door. 
And now he wants to take us and he wants to destroy me and he wants to destroy my family. He wants to destroy my wife and my children and my community and the country that I love. He wants to take us and wipe us away. He's not satisfied with just a few sins here and there. He wants your testimony demolished and wiped away so that no one will ever believe in your God. He didn't know what else to do except for go to the house of the Lord and say, God, here it is. This is what I'm dealing with and I'm overwhelmed. I'm overcome. I need you to help us. Hezekiah had the confidence that he was praying to a God who cared about every aspect of his life. And it is important for you and I to always remember that God cares about us. He cares about you and he cares about our family. He cares about our church. He cares about our neighbors. He cares about our friends. He cares about the Americans and the Filipinos and the Eskimos and the Mexicans and the Africans and the Chinese. Jesus himself told Nicodemus that God so loved the world. And he invites us to all call out to him because God cares. But I know how it is. Sometimes we don't feel like he does. Sometimes we feel like God doesn't care and that God is far removed. And we have often said the terrible words, if God cared, then why would he let this happen to me? A leper in Jesus' day would have understood those feelings. His disease left him lonely and afraid. But one day he met Jesus in the way. And in Matthew chapter 8 and uh, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. The relationship that the leper had with Jesus tells us this, that if God is willing, God is certainly capable. And we have a God who touches us when no one else wants anything to do with us. We have a Savior who will touch us because he cares. There may be times when we are left feeling that our need is too far gone. In Luke chapter 8, Jairus came to Jesus pleading for the life of his 12-year-old daughter only to learn that on their journey to her that they were too late. But Jesus told the grieving father in Luke 8 and verse 50, But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. I want to encourage you this morning that it's not too late for Jesus to heal you. It's not too late for Jesus to forgive you. It's not too late for Jesus to save you. The Bible says in Romans 10 and verse 13 that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever means everyone, anyone. Anyone who will choose Jesus Christ and accept him as their Lord and Savior. He has the power to save and he wants to because he cares. There's also times when, we, when the giant that stands before us and ready to slay us seems too much. 
An overwhelmed father pleading with Jesus over his demon-possessed son in Mark chapter 9 in verse 22 and 23 says, If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible. Nothing is too big for God. James, nothing is too big for your God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that this morning? Because whether or not we believe that shows up in our day-to-day life. John and Becky Shinnick is at home today. She's having surgery on Tuesday. I'm praying for God to heal her from her cancer. I got a call two weeks ago about Ashley Bow. Ashley Bow was in life-threatening circumstances, and Caleb did, sped as fast as he could to get her to the hospital. And I sent out a text to the church, start praying now. This is serious. It's serious. They went home that afternoon. That's God. I got the call about, I got, I got the message this week about Mary Sharp, and Mary Sharp had fallen. And they carried her to the hospital, and they found out there was a bleeding on her brain, and they were very concerned about that. And they were trying to get her to Huntsville, and Huntsville, all the beds were full. And so they med-flighted her to UAB, and she stabilized. She stabilized, and she came back home Friday night. We sent out a text on Wednesday, start praying. I give the glory to God. You might want to take it away and give it to someone else. I choose to give it to God. Because I believe that God cares. And I believe that God can answer. And I believe this, if God is willing, I believe he's able, don't you? Hezekiah did not go to the house of the Lord and spread that letter out because he thought maybe, maybe God could do this. He went there believing this. If God doesn't, there is no hope. If God doesn't, then we're all going to fail miserably. And therefore, I'm going to come and say, God, you're all I've got. And I am trusting and believing in you. And I am coming to you because you care. We should want the world to know that God cares about us. He cares about your cancer. He cares about your troubles. He cares for the reasons that you're feeling overwhelmed and anxious. He cares about what we're facing. We are not alone. Hezekiah might have been king, but he wasn't above begging. Because it says, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, which means he is begging God to save us out of his hand. That was his prayer. Everyone was looking at Hezekiah, thinking in their minds, what are we going to do? And Hezekiah turned to God and said, what are you going to do? He spread the matter out before the Lord and he begged him to save him because he knows this, that not only God cares, but God hears. Jesus taught in his sermon on the mount for us to call out unto God the Father because he hears. In Matthew chapter 7, in verse 7 and 8, Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. 
The Lord told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Are your burdens too much? Are you exhausted, overwhelmed, afraid? Jesus invites us in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 and 29, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Following Hezekiah's prayer in verse 19, the Lord sent the prophet Isaiah with a word. Let's read verse 20 together. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. Lord, he, he prayed, Lord, save us that all the kings of the earth may know that you're God. May you get the glory for it. It's not, it's not Hezekiah's ability to pray and he to be lifted up. It's the fact that God can do something that only God can do. And he wants God to do it that everyone may know that he is God and God alone. And God sends word, I heard your prayer. Isaiah continues with a prophetic message because the word of God brings comfort in the most troubling of times. Can I tell you this morning that the world needs to know this? Aubrey Parker, you keep sending me texts when God shows you something in the word of God. Because I need to know it. Carrie Roberts, I bet you're listening. You just keep posting. You may get five likes, but people are reading it. And the world needs to know it. The world needs to know that hope can be found in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. It is in the word that we get our faith and increase. And Hezekiah is praying, God, save us. And he sends a prophet, he sends a messenger, and he just says, Cecil, God heard your prayer. And this is what God has to say about it. And he delivers Hezekiah a prophetic message from the word of God. Do you know why you need to come to church? Because you need to hear a word from the Lord. You know why you need to get in the Bible? Because you need the Holy Spirit to give you a word from the Lord. We live in a culture where people are discouraged and anxious and depressed and disturbed and they're bothered and they're worried and that is because they're leaving out the word of God in their life. The world needs to know this. Go down to verse 32 of this chapter. And at the conclusion of the message, Isaiah continues. He says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, He shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return. And shall not come into this city, saith the Lord. For the Lord says, I will defend this city to save it. For mine own sake 
and for my servant David's sake. I like that amen. God says, I got it. You tell Hezekiah, I got this. I will defend it. May the world know that God cares. May the world know that God hears. And may they know his power. The most encouraging thing in the world is when God does something in your life that only God can do. Amen. I was visiting with someone yesterday. And uh, they were telling me that uh, there was a time where they had surgery. They had eye surgery. And uh, that eye surgery put them out of work for three months. And they went through all their savings to make sure all their bills were covered. And it got down to the last few weeks of that third month and they were, they were so many dollars and cents short and they were not going to have it. Well, Michael Bell's life group class took up a love offering and just wanted to be a blessing to that individual. And they went and visited. Michael and Sandra went and visited and just loved on them a little bit and tried to encourage them and gave them a card. He received the card and he just set it off to the side and waited for them to leave because it felt like it was rude to open it in front of them. And after they had left, he opened up the card. He read it. He saw what was inside of it. He handed it to his wife. His wife read it. She counted up what was inside of it, and it was to the dollar and the penny of what they owed. And my first thought was, and this is, my, this is what I said, I said, you know what is good? It is encouraging when God gives and helps us in a time of need. And God can give out of his riches. He can give toward abundance. He can give more than we need, can he? And there are times, even if people give less than they need, we thank God for that because it helps go towards that. Amen? But it is something powerful when God hits, it, hits the nail right on the head. Right? It's nothing more encouraging when God does something in our life that only God can do. And Hezekiah prayed out of complete dependency upon God. And being completely dependent on another is unnatural for all of us. When Satan tempted Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, he said, For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree that it was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Ever since that day, there's been a constant battle over authority in our lives. We want to be the king of our throne. We want to be the king of our domain. And people do not like accountability. Trust me, they say. What's wrong with being accountable? People struggle with such things. We have, a tr we have a problem when, when we can't do anything about it and now it's all God. And we have a problem going to him with our needs and praying and interceding and, and calling out to him. But that's the first place we need to run to. When we get to a place where we're completely dependent upon God and only God can, that is where God does his greatest work.
and a work where everyone knows. That was God. When Hezekiah prayed, God heard. Don't, pr don't pray believing God can't or won't. Pray believing God's power can. Amen? Can I share your recent testimony? All you got to do is say yes or no. I'm looking at my wife. You put your hand up behind Amanda's head. I didn't see it. Okay. My wife has been in a lot of pain lately. A lot of pain. And there have been some things that we have noticed that cause us great concern. And she was convinced she had cancer. And I did everything I could to convince her she did not. I said, no, you don't. And in my heart and my mind, I was thinking she just might. Because I don't like what I see. I don't like what I feel. And I don't like the fact that you're hurting all the time. And she says, are you worried? And I said, no, I'm not worried because I can't do anything about it. Are you with me? I can't do a thing about it, but I can trust that God can. But I was still worried. I was still worried, Blake. Are you with me? I was still worried. Put hands on her the night, and I prayed. I prayed for God. God, take her pain away. God, help her what she's dealing with and here lately it seems like everybody's going through something are you with me and it would not surprise me a bit because my passion is for everybody to know and I expect a big fight to keep that from happening She went to the doctor the other day, got an ultrasound. Everything's good. I had a lump come up on me recently in a place it should not have been, and it just kept growing and growing and growing, and it was bothering me. I finally told my wife, she sent me to the doctor. They sent me to a specialist to get it checked out. They found something else wrong with me, but it wasn't what we were worried about. <laughs> you say, what do you do in those moments? I don't know what else to do, but just... Call out to God and pray and say, God, I believe, I believe if you're willing, you can. And if you can, if, you, if you're willing, you can. I believe you can. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do?
And I just share that with you today because everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to know that God cares, Darren. Everybody needs to know that God hears. And everybody needs to know God's power. Right? Hezekiah said, Lord, I beg you, save us. Save us out of this hand and deliver us that all the kingdoms of the earth may know you are God and God alone. God cares, God hears, God knows. God's power. Look at verse 35. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. Say, how many is that? That's a hundred and eighty-five thousand Assyrians. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh, and you'll see in verse 37 that he was assassinated by his own children. That's God's power. He could have empowered the soldiers to do it, and some people would say, my, look what they did. But he did it in a way, Blake, that all they could say is, that's what God did. Here's my response to this. When somebody says, how did God do that? This is always my response. I don't know. But he did it. Because God can deliver with me? How can God save us from our sins? I'm looking at you, stick. How can God save you? Grace. That's the only way it could be, isn't it? Grace. And he did it because he cares about you. And he hears you when you call out to him and you trust him. And I don't know. I don't know how that blood is applied that washes away your sins, Ricky. I can't really explain how it happens, but I know it happens. And I know the gospel says that we're saved according to the scriptures by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the power of, for the gospel is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. I can't explain it in physical, worldly, earthly textbook terms. But I do know it's true. I know that he saved this old boy. One day he says he's going to come back and receive us unto himself. 
And one day that trumpet's going to sound and 1 Thessalonians 4 says that the dead in Christ shall rise first, that all us which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. How exactly is that going to happen and look like? I can't really tell you. But it's going to happen. Because he's got power. And he can deliver. And all the world needs to know that. They need to know it. Can I give you two verses as we close? Would you turn to your New Testament, first of all, in Philippians chapter 4? Three verses, two different places. Philippians chapter 4. Many of you are going through some things. Eddie Letson right now is sitting in the ER room in the Huntsville Hospital waiting to get a room in the hospital because of the infection in his leg. Becky Shinnick is having surgery on Tuesday. Mike Anderson's having surgery this week. Nancy Morrow's going back to the doctor this week. I think of Carrie Roberts. I think of Ashley Bow. I, I, I think of numerous people that some of you, I don't know if you want it to be made public, and I, I won't do that, but are carrying some very heavy things. And some of you are facing discouragement and anxiousness and trouble, and you're worried, and you're allowing it to not only, not only burn you on the inside, I can see it on your face, you're carrying it, you're troubled. Some of you want to quit. Paul tells us in Philippians 4 and verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Say, what's he talking about there? He's telling us to carry our letter, lay it down at the altar, spread it before the Lord and say, Lord, save us. Lord, help us. The enemy is too powerful. What I'm going through is overwhelming. It's troubling. It's discouraging. But it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. Don't be thinking that you can't bother somebody or you can't bother the Lord with it. Everything, be careful for nothing and everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to the Lord. And let his peace fill your hearts. And we close with Ephesians. Go one book to your left, Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to give you verse 20. Verse 20 and 21. Again, Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Hezekiah prayed for the Lord to deliver. And the Lord just takes care of 185,000 Assyrians overnight. He did it bigger and better than Hezekiah could have asked for. 
And many times I proclaim Ephesians 3.20 to the Lord, God, you're able to do bigger with this than I even know what to ask for. And would you do it in such a way that you get the glory throughout all ages, that all may know your goodness. May God hear us because he cares. May God's power deliver us and use us because he can. And may he do it in such a way in Somerville Baptist Church that all may know. Everyone needs to know Jesus saves. Take an invite card. Go tell somebody. Everyone needs to know the victories. Everyone needs to hear about the prayers answered. Everyone needs to know God cares. Everyone needs to know God hears. Everyone needs to experience God's power. And everyone needs to see God deliver. Let's all stand to our feet. Father in heaven, I pray this morning. I pray over this congregation. I pray over these people. And I pray for those who are watching live stream. Lord, that we take this moment.